learn what it means to be present and to um, establish like this, this self-compassion that I was never taught as a little girl. And so many of us are not, right? How many times do we as adults say to kids, you need to be kind to others. But what we never say to them is, you need to be kind to yourself. Are you ready to take courageous steps to create a life and business you love? Welcome to the Courage Cast. I'm Andrea Crisp, an empowerment coach, author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. For years, I was afraid to allow myself to shine. That was until I discovered that I could step into my own power, shift my mindset, and take ownership of my destiny. Now I coach individuals across the globe who are ready to own their life and make a massive impact. With a blend of practical and spiritual advice, my hope is that the Courage Cast empowers you to take brave steps in your own life and business. Hey there, welcome to the Courage Cast. I'm Andrea, I'm your host. Really glad that you're joining me today. I just had to take a nice deep breath before I started recording this because honestly, you know, when you feel like you're trying to force something and you have to just ground down, get into your body and really be mindful about what you're doing. Well, that just came to me even as I was recording the introduction for this week's podcast episode. And it's funny that I'm sharing this with you because earlier today I decided that I was going to share a solo episode. And I had some thoughts that I wanted to share with you, but as I recorded it, it just felt more and more forced, incongruent. It really just wasn't the right time to share what I wanted to be telling you. Um, And, you know, I mean, that should tell you right there because I wanted to tell you something. I didn't want to share something with you. And so it wasn't the right time. And I looked at some of the podcast recordings that I had ready to go and Aaron's stood out to me. And how appropriate because it's all about cultivating mindfulness. It's all about really being present for yourself, having self-compassion and how Aaron used her mindfulness journey in one of the most traumatic events of her life. And she shares that story with us today, as well as some of the other really incredible things that have happened since she has become more mindful. And although we're going to be talking particularly about mindfulness today, being present with yourself in your body really can happen in many different ways. It can happen through prayer. It can happen through journaling. It can happen through taking a walk in the woods breath work, dance, so many different things can help you become more mindful. And I think sometimes when we're rushing around and we're trying to do all sorts of things like build a business or, you know, create something or maybe even um, have more abundance in our lives, it's easy to want to rush into that hustle mode and into that action and doing all the time. But one of the things that I want to remind you today is to just take that step back. Be present with who you are 
and allow your intuition to really speak to you. Because if you start cultivating that practice now, you are going to find that during the hard times or during times where you really need it, you'll be able to access that part of you a lot faster and a lot easier. And that's really what came through to me today when I was talking with Erin. Now, Erin is a mindfulness practitioner. She's also a mindfulness instructor. She works primarily with children and moms, and she's going to talk a little bit about that. But she also has written a chapter in a book that she's going to tell us about as well today on the episode. So really allow yourself to take this next 40 minutes just to be present with yourself and allow yourself to see what comes through for you. Maybe just even listening to this podcast today is going to help you with something that you need in your life right now. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Erin O'Connor. Miss Erin, I am so, so glad that you're on the Courage Cast today. It is very exciting to have you on the show. I feel like it's always funny because I want to call you Miss Erin because I know all of your kids and students call you <laughs> by that. And I'm just really excited to talk to you today about all the things that you've been up to in the mindfulness space and really in your own personal healing journey and how you're doing that for yourself, how you're doing that for children, for families. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just delighted to be here. Yeah, it's, it's so nice to have friends on and I've been really excited about your brand new book. You were able to take part in a book called Heart Whispers and we'll talk a little bit about that and how that kind of came about. But before we do that, I always like for people to introduce themselves because I think that we always share who we are a little bit better, but share a little bit about who you are and then what you do as well as who you serve. Okay, so my name is Erin O'Connor, and I'm the founder of Happy Humans Mindfulness. I'm also, as you know, Andrea, a former kindergarten and first grade teacher. Um, and right now I am going into schools, so I'm not not in any one particular school all the time, which I find to be so wonderful um, because the classroom feels like my home but yet I don't have to stay in one place. So I go into schools and I teach mindfulness practices to lots of kids. I also teach privately out of my home and via Zoom doing one-on-one um, -on -one clients. And it just fills my cup and it fills my cup in a way that um, teaching, reading, writing, and math just didn't, it didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> so and it got to the point in my teaching career where I realized that I just didn't want to do that anymore. I, I decided I used to say I wanted to teach kids how to be happy humans. And that's how happy humans came to uh, came to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Just <laughs> it made a difference in your life for sure. Now, you're also a dog mom. I am. I am. <laughs> I can't not talk about your dogs. I am obsessed with them. I yeah. have three Chihuahua mixes and I absolutely adore them. 
And I don't know if you know this, but I actually just started boarding dogs too. I started be, I, I became I, a, a dog sitter, I which is another thing that fills my cup right now. Like I, I feel like I'm doing all the things that bring me joy right now. I'm teaching mindfulness to kids. I get to um, take care of dogs. I wrote a, a chapter for a book. Like I'm just doing all the things that, that light me up and yeah. feels amazing. I love that for you. Now, okay. I want to back up a little bit because we're like, okay, Aaron's life's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, but there has been a time in your life where you went through something that was, you know, pretty, pretty dramatic for you. And I don't know how much of that you want to talk about on the podcast today, but uh, can you bring us back to the time when you really made the decision to step out of teaching and pursue mindfulness for yourself and then subsequently how you did that in, in your business as well? I have the chills right now, like all over. Um, so this is definitely something that I am meant to share with um with your audience. Um, so back in 2016, I was actually introduced to mindfulness for the first time. I was at a professional development workshop for teachers. And I remember sitting there that day and listening to this woman, you know, talk about bringing mindfulness into the classroom. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, yes, like this, this is the missing, the missing piece. But it wasn't just a missing piece for my students. It was a missing piece. I felt like for my own life. Mm -hmm. So when I left there, I signed myself up for a six week fundamentals course through, um, I, can I say, can I share who I Sure, of course, yeah. Through Mindful Schools. Mm -hmm. And this course taught me the fundamentals of starting a practice of my own. And mm -hmm. so I started learning and practicing. And at this time I um, was happily married Mm -hmm. to um, my husband, Billy. And so learning about mindfulness. And then in 2016, when I had the the practice under my belt, it, it seemed it's, it's just crazy, because it, the practice found me in a time where I needed it mm -hmm. to prepare me for what was what was to come. Mm -hmm. um, and in 2016, as you know, Billy was uh, Billy was killed in uh, a work accident, and um, I, it's it's really kind of crazy because I just want to go back to the course for one second because mm -hmm. at the end of the course, one of the instructors said, you know, um, to pick a, a time in your day and and invite mindfulness in. So a, a practice, something that you do all the time, but do it mindfully. And he mm -hmm. used his his own example of walking through a doorway. So every time he walked through a doorway, he would do it with full presence. So I thought, well, okay, yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So I figured I was gonna, you know, walk mindfully from my school, from my car into my classroom every day. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> that didn't go so well, right? <laughs> because I couldn't remember. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna start writing myself notes. So I had sticky notes everywhere on my computer on my cabinets and my bathroom mirrors all these little reminders to be mindful and the day that um i got the call that billy had been in this accident i was in my bathroom 
just got out of the shower and my mother-in-law called and you can imagine when I hung up the phone in like complete like nervous system like overdrive right yeah and there on my bathroom mirror was one of my little sticky notes and it said just breathe oh my goodness I had the like I was like okay mm-hmm and in that moment, it was like, I realized just how powerful the breath can be to calm the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so the practice from that very moment is what got me through the most traumatic time in my life. Like my practice helped me to to stay grounded. It helped me to stay present. It helped me to um, process my grief and, and, and for me to allow all of the emotions to be there and not try to push them away or stuff them down. And um, to be quite frank, the, the practice that really was the most helpful out of all of my, my mindfulness practices was the practice of gratitude because I was able to hold the, can I hold the, sh- the sh- yeah, the yucky, hold the shit, right? Yeah. I, was able to, I was able to be with the shit. Yeah. But I was also able to, to, uh, to hold the fact that I had seven amazing years with Billy. I was mm-hmm. able to see them both and not get swallowed up by by the shit yeah i was still able to appreciate all that you know i still had in my life and Mm. the experiences that billy and i got to share together so after that i started um i took another course Mm -hmm. to then bring mindfulness into my classroom and it was the year that billy died that I brought mindfulness into my kindergarten classroom. And I started to, so I was practicing at home and then I started to see a change and a change within within my teaching Mm -hmm. and just in all of the little people who I was working with. And even the ones that, you know, appeared not to be interested and not to be you know, doing the practices that I was introducing, even those kids, because they were still picking up what I was putting down. The seeds were still being planted, even though it it didn't appear that they were, um, you know, actively participating when the lessons were being taught. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just kind of, it's just kind of crazy to kind of see that transformation and then even the transformation in my the way that I taught was huge. So I have to share this because it's it just makes me laugh. So I taught for 21 years mm-hmm. and for about 17 of them, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out why my class was always so high energy. Like always so high energy yeah and it wasn't until i started practicing mindfulness where i learned that it was actually my nervous system that was regulating 
my classroom. So I always taught with like excitement and animation mm -hmm. and just kind of, so it was no wonder that they were always so high energy. They were coming up to meet me where I was at. And so when I started practicing mindfulness and learned the power of the pause and the tone and just, you know, kind of checking in with my inner landscape before I started teaching, they came down to meet me mm -hmm. and they came to meet me even when, when, when they were dysregulated. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned. It was like, oh my gosh, yeah, okay. When a child's dysregulated, the adult needs to remain the mountain in order for the child to come down. Two dysregulated nervous systems just is like a, you know, explosion. A combustion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're reminding me of something um, I hadn't thought about in years. So when I was teaching, I remember a particular like place that I was teaching. It was one of the last schools I was at and I had a high school choir and they would come in and the way I started class every, every day, like every day was I was always at the piano, always at the piano. And the rule was you never came to me at the piano. Mm. So from the moment they started walking in, I started warming them up. Didn't matter if there was one person in there, two people in there, 25, 40, did not matter. The moment they walked in the room and they were putting their bags down, they were singing. So they were singing on the way to the risers. And that was how we started everything. And I had um, section leaders that were taking attendance. And I had one particular student who was able to come to the piano and she would write things or she would, you know, write things in my book or whatever. But I was always at the piano. And from the moment they started until the moment they finished, everything was like, I don't know, just had a, a way about it. I never thought about it until now that I was setting the tone for them by how I was. Like, mm -hmm. here's the expectation. Here's where I'm at. Um, and music is such a vibrational place that they would come in and they would have had the worst day ever and they would leave choir class like everything was, they were on top of the world because of how it would regulate their nervous system. Mm -hmm. Just by being singing, by doing all of those things. But I never thought about that so true if because I had been in places where, you know, in 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 band class, I go to the band, <laughs> I walk into the band room and it was not the same. It was chaos in there, like absolute chaos. <laughs> and in the in the choir room it was like a well-oiled machine. So so fascinating. I never thought about that until you just described it that way. Yeah. It was like a big light bulb went off. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, why haven't, why didn't I know this before? Yeah. It completely changed the dynamic of, of my classroom from year to year with different groups of, mm -hmm. different groups of kids. And so it started with bringing mindfulness into my kindergarten classroom mm -hmm. and then colleagues were you know, asking. Well, they're well, probably what? seeing like, what's the difference? Like, what's why are these kids? 
what's yes. going on in your classroom? Like when I walk in, like they're like doing their work. They're so quiet They're And I said, well, I, I can come into your room if you want and I can teach them yeah. mindfulness practices. And so then it started, you know, I was going into my colleagues' classrooms during my prep period. Mm-hmm. That's how passionate I was, I was about teaching mindfulness because you know how precious a prep period is. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. You know, and, and now I, again, another memory, this is so crazy. I never like some of these things are just like popping back into my, my mind. Now I, one of my first schools, I taught at a Christian school. It was the elementary, um, that I started with and I would have them come in, you know, for one class. And I remember one time I decided, I'm like, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to do like what's free singing. And basically like, you know, I have a song that we would do for church and I would let them sing. So it wasn't like, you know, the regular kid song from the, you know, record. We had records, if you can believe that. But anyways, (laughs) um, it dates me a little bit. But uh, anyways, I would get to the piano and they would, we would sing a song and the whole tone of the room would change. And I went, remember one particular day that class after class came in and we did the exact same thing over and over and over again. Every time they left the room, kids were even in tears. Wow. Not because they were sad, because it was so moving. Moving. Yeah. And so they would sing and I'm like, I would say, you can sing what you want. And, and they would sing through, you know, we'd, um, and literally from kindergarten all the way through fifth grade, which is what I taught in music at that year, they would come in and teachers were like looking at them as they were walking out and they're wiping tears from their eyes. And they're like, what are you doing in there? And I said, we're just singing. Like we're just singing. The difference I think, and now my understanding like two decades later is so vastly different. Um, of how we are processing information. Mm. Children, teenagers, adults, it doesn't really matter, is, you know, we are constantly in a dysregulated state mm-hmm. when we don't know how to regulate ourselves. And um, why did you decide that you were going to leave teaching and start this business for yourself like what was kind of the catalyst to why you thought mindfulness was going to be important to bring to children and families outside of the school? Well, what I was seeing was the the big change in my classroom and helping kids learn, to, like like you said, mm-hmm. learning to regulate their their um, their nervous system, mm-hmm. and the pandemic. So mm-hmm. the pandemic. Okay. Mm, yes the pandemic hit um and you know we were told that we were going to be coming back in two weeks and Mm -hmm. you know as you know we did not and then we were teaching virtually and what I was doing was teaching social emotional support because that's what the kids needed in that time and we were practicing even more mindfulness um during those virtual um classroom sessions that that I was holding just because that's what they needed. And I didn't have anybody watching over my shoulder anymore, telling me that I needed to do, you know, this, that, you know, all these academic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just knew that it was something that helped me 
during the most traumatic time in my life. And it was just something that lit me up to, to share with as many kids and as many families as, uh, as possible. So I decided that, you know what, I don't want to teach reading, writing and math anymore. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the classroom. And that was, uh, it was scary. That's mm -hmm. really scary. But um, as you know, I kind of rely on the universe for signs. And I was yeah. on the treadmill one morning and I asked, you know, I said, you know, thank you, universe, for um, showing me a, a frog meditating sign if I am meant to leave the classroom at this time. And sure enough, within the hour, I went out to meet a friend at a garden shop and um, I bought a, a flower and stood in line and to the left of me was a frog meditating water fountain. And I was, I almost died. I was like, oh my gosh, there, that's, that's my sign. Like that, there it is. Oh, oh, oh. okay, I'm, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave the classroom. And that's basically how it, Wow. kind of evolved i just took a leap of faith that this was this was the time and uh, i was ready and and it's been the it was the best decision i i could have made and like i was saying in the beginning is now i get the best of both worlds like i get to go into school but now i'm teaching something that i am just so incredibly passionate about because I know it's going to change the lives of these of these kids, you know, mm -hmm. providing them with tools for them to um, be present, learn what it means to be present and to um, establish like this, this self compassion that I was never taught as a little girl and so many of us are not right mm -hmm. how many times do we, as adults mm -hmm. say to kids you need to be kind to others but what we never say to them is you need to be kind to yourself and what does that look like yeah and when they are able to have this awareness of their thoughts right they start to become aware of that inner voice and that inner voice that is sometimes not nice, mm -hmm. right? So there's that awareness piece too. So it's not, mindfulness isn't all about just breathing, right? It's becoming aware of what's happening in our, in our inner world, our emotions, our thoughts, our body sensations. And so for kids, right, to learn at a young age that- Game changer. That there's an inner bully and an inner friend and and how to nurture that inner friend and and to be that friend to yourself is just like i love teaching kids about um being a good friend to themselves because that's something that i just didn't have when when i was a little girl and so yeah. now I'm like, oh my gosh like this it just fills my heart to then hear a child being kind to themselves yeah. and recognizing like oh that's my inner bully not my inner friend you know um you exude passion about it like it is coming out of every pore of you i, I don't know that i've ever seen a person as passionate about what they do as you oh <laughs> i'm not joking like like you 
are so passionate about it. And it, it is so real within you. It is. Right. And, I, and I think, honestly, Andrea, it's because of, because of what I went through. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't go down that dark, that dark path. Yes. And like, I don't want anybody to go down that dark path. And, and here are the tools. Here are the tools that I used. Here is what helped me. Yes. And let me help you too. Like, I think about, you know, my own journey and I'm like, I think, oh, wow. Like, and I know hindsight's 2020 and often we go through things to help other people or we don't go through. I, we can use what we've gone through to help other people. Let's put it that way. Um, but I look back and I go, I didn't learn about the nervous system until much after I had really figured out that I was struggling with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that meant. Um, I was even, you know, I was, I had a master's in counseling and everything. And I knew how to talk through all sorts of things, but I had no idea what was actually happening in my body or how to process emotions or how to do any of those things. And so I had to learn on the back end after I had all these problems Mm -hmm. and you're talking about learning on, you know, as a child, Yes. The things that could have been avoided or mitigated or moved through uh, at a young age. And I think about, you know, now all of the people that I help, you know, and we talk about things that have happened in their childhood. Those things could have been moved through mm-hmm. for them during those formative years mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be now booking a session to see me. Yeah. <laughs> really? No, it's true though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some things, but you know what I'm saying is yeah. like, if we have the tools to be able to do that. And as you said, like, even when the seeds are planted, maybe the kid's like, well, I'm not really interested in this, but you know, from zero to eight years old, when their subconscious is formed mm-hmm. and everything that is going in is becoming a belief. And, you know, they may appear as though they don't care about mindfulness or breathing or being kind to myself or any of those things, but it's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. It It is in the fabric. It's yeah. woven in the fabric. I'm like, I think I've known all this about you, but I think I'm seeing just like a whole new, like, it's like hitting on a new new level. Okay. So I wanted to talk about this new book that you had an opportunity to write a chapter, which is like the first chapter, by the way, I did know that, um, which is so exciting (laughs) called heart whispers. Um, I would love to know what happened to prompt you to write that chapter and for you to become part of that book. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I'm woo woo. So um... I know you're woo woo. (laughs) I'm here for it. It's all Billy to mm. be um to be 100% uh honest here. Um I see a medium and I see a medium like once a year and for the past I want to say 3 years Billy's been coming through and he's been telling me that I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and I was, "What? He's crazy. I'm not writing a book. Like what am I yeah. going to write? No, I'm not writing a book." And 
every time I went to see this medium and the last time I saw her was December of 22. Mm-hmm. And again, we laughed because Billy's like, oh, you, you know, you're gonna write this book. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't even know what I would write this book on. And then a couple months later, I was in my kitchen washing dishes and all of a sudden the topic popped in my head about, oh, okay, I, I, I think I know what I would, what I would write this book on. Um, and so the, the title of my chapter is Love After Loss, One Woman's Journey to Finding Inner Peace. And that just popped in while I was, you know, scrubbing my dishes. You know, as it does. <laughs> and so I let it sit. So I, I put it in my phone. I let it, I let it sit. Couple weeks later, I got an email from this woman's publishing company. And at first I was like, okay, like, all right, Billy, like, all right, I hear you that, you know, I'm I'm supposed to write this book. And again, just kind of put it aside. But then it just kept popping in and popping in like you you need to do something about this so then i emailed the the woman who emailed me because mm-hmm. i thought like is this spam like is this like is this fake like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i emailed her and i asked her how she how she found me and she mm-hmm. found me legitimately on a website that i'm on for holistic um, practitioners. So i set up a meeting with her and i was talking to her um, i pitched my title and and the what I would write my story on and and the parts and we started talking about you know writing up an actual book and I was like and I started to get really like panicky and she said well we actually have um, a book coming out in June and it's called heart whispers and it is uh, a compilation book so you would be publishing this book with 19 other female authors and um, you would just write a chapter. And I was like, oh, okay, that's more, that sounds like more my speed right now. That's, that's, that's where Mm -hmm. I'm at. What I didn't, what I failed to mention was that hearts are a huge sign from Billy. Mm -hmm. Those are, that's like one of my biggest signs that I get from him. So of course the book is called Heart Whispers and on the front covers, you know, big hearts. And so um, I said, okay, that this, this is, this is what I'm meant to do um, right now. So I said, when, when does this need to be written by? I had a month and I started to panic. I was like, I don't even know if that's going to be enough time. Andrea, I sat down at my computer the next day my chapter poured out of me in 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 a day mm-hmm. two days to like revise it and i couldn't believe it and it was so cathartic to write and um yeah i just couldn't believe that it it came out so quickly and so then i had this chapter that i wasn't even supposed to be submitting for another month but i submitted it early i was like i don't know here i don't even know what to do with this i was just so excited here it it. is (laughs) yeah here it is like and that's how i knew like okay this is this is the story that i was meant to to share it came out so easily this is you know um and it in in my chapter i talk about um my relationship with with Billy and learning to love him in a new in a new way from the other side. And then I talk about um, finding love after loss and all of the lessons that 
come with that. And mm -hmm. then um, there's a third part that I'm not going to mention because that's the end of that's the end of my chapter. And so it's it's kind of three three main main parts to my uh, to my oh chapter. My gosh. I I'm just like now I'm like okay I've got to read it I've got to read it um this is amazing like it just just to see even you know how things have you know come full circle for you too you know I've been in your world for a couple of years too and just kind of to see like you were just starting you know when when I met you yeah and you know like how am I going to do this and how is this going to work and here you are, you know, in schools now and things are moving and you're writing books and I don't know what's next. Maybe you can tell me, do you know if there's a next thing for you or? I think I'll eventually write a whole book. I think I'll eventually write a whole book. Um, but what's next is doing human design work and learning, mm -hmm. learning level one human design stuff so that I can, again, bring what I've learned about myself, because that to me was totally mind blowing. And it helps me to do all the things that I'm that I'm doing now, but mm -hmm. another tool to bring um, to bring to families to help them work with each other and understand each other and to bring more compassion for differences that arise in um, in families and just to help families, parents understand their kids and to yeah. be able to give them tools that work with their child's human design is that's that's what I'm so excited about doing next. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm equally as excited because I can literally feel your energy. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel your energy. OK, so. I would love for you to tell people where they can connect with you. And, you know, I know that there are probably many people listening that are like, oh my goodness, I need to talk to Aaron, like understanding how to teach mindfulness to my child or how can I can connect with Aaron on how would that work to work with you? Um, how could people connect with you? They can connect with me via my website, which is happyhumansmindfulness.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, but Instagram and Facebook at Happy Humans Mindfulness. I'm also on YouTube because when the pandemic hit, I started recording videos, mindfulness videos, and I started a YouTube channel and I was doing it for my students, but I it's it's public now mm -hmm. um and there's tons of videos on there with just little brief mindfulness practices that um kids for there's a lot for young kids but then i started working with older kids so there's a couple there's some on there for older kids and adults now too amazing well i will link all of that in the show notes so that they can easily connect with you and find you but I always love to ask this question at the end of every episode. What is your next brave step? Mm, what is my next brave step? I feel like there's so many brave steps with being an entrepreneur because you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> constantly opening up a new door right even just bringing human design to to my business is like mm -hmm. a, is a is a brave step it's like kind of like 
will it will it be accepted will it be you know will people want this um yeah i think that that's it or writing my whole book right writing the whole book could be another brave step mm -hmm. yeah well we're going to be waiting to see <laughs> how both of those things happen and i mean i love that you just came up with two so <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, on the courage cast, Aaron. And, uh, I just, I just think you're just such a delight, honestly. Thank you for having me. I am so happy that we have been connected and that I've been able to, um, learn from you as well as just have these conversations with you. So thank you. I feel like I can really exhale right now after that conversation and just let go of any concern or worry or any of the pressure that has been building up for me over the past few days. And I hope that you feel the same. So thank you, Erin, for coming on the Courage Cast, sharing your story with us, and encouraging us to cultivate a mindfulness practice. And I encourage you to find something that really works for you, whether it's meditation, journaling, prayer, breath work, dance, whatever it is, I know that it has really helped me to be more present with myself and more compassionate with myself as well. And I also wanted to just let you know that in a few short weeks, we are starting up our weekly connection calls again, Courage and Conversations. And we took the month of August off just to recharge because, you know, we always need that every once in a while. And I'm excited to welcome you back. I'm excited to jump on these calls again with you. If you've never been, this is a great opportunity to connect with like-minded people to get support and encouragement and really have those deep conversations that will help you take the next brave step in your life. They're free. You can join us whenever you're available. And I will put a link in the show notes so that you can register for our calls and I will send you the zoom link and you'll be able to jump on a call and join us whenever it works out for you. Friend, thanks for hanging out with us today. Until next time, remember you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of the courage cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review. And while you're there, hit subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crelly.